Hello and welcome to 50 Years of Hurt, a Euro 2016 podcast, which, like England's Euro 2016 campaign, will overhype how good it actually is before inevitably disappointing you. I'm Richard Carey, and throughout the tournament, we're bringing you recaps, analysis, and fun from all the Euro 2016 action. And we're concentrating on the hopes and dreams of the home nations, England, Wales, Northern Ireland, and Republic of Ireland. Coming up, Spurs, sorry, England, take on Russia in the opening group game in Marseille. 58 years of hurt, but Wales finally get their first ever Euros underway against Slovakia. And is it Joie de Vie or is it Je ne sais quoi? Can the host France live up to the hype? We'll start with Wales versus Slovakia. This was Wales's first appearance in international competition since the 1958 World Cup. With the likes of Bale and Ramsey in the squad, hopes are high for the Welsh side. So how did they get on in their opening game? Let's run through the action. So before the game started, the Wales fans were absolutely belting out the national anthem. It was quite a sight to see. The team news was that Danny Ward, uh, the Liverpool reserve goalkeeper, replaced uh, Wayne Hennessy in goal. Hennessy had a bit of an injury. Now, this match is kind of defined by a few dodgy haircuts. Uh, Aaron Ramsey had dyed his hair blonde. You had Hamstick who had a mohawk. And you had Kuchka, who had an even bigger mohawk, which I thought was the best of the bunch. After two minutes, Hamstick had a great run through, and Ben Davis cleared it off the line to save the Welsh. Then on nine minutes, a bail-free kick. The keeper just sort of stepped to his right, and he was out of position and it went in the back of the net, 1-0 Wales. It was a bit confusing at the back with uh, Ashley Williams and Ward, but it didn't affect them. And Williams actually went up to Ward and gave him a bit of a pat on the back to try and make sure he wasn't uh, phased by that. On 30 minutes, of a skirtle elbow on Johnny Williams. And a lot of people think it should have been a red card and a penalty. Uh, it was quite the elbow, but there was no booking or penalty. And on the stroke of half-time, a ball was played into Skull, but he missed it, although he was called offside, so it wouldn't have counted. I felt like Slovakia in the first half were trying to walk it in a little bit. Like It was that kind of Arsenal mentality. Bale had a shot straight at the keeper before half-time, and that was pretty much the first half. In the second half, at one point, there was two balls on the pitch. Like someone kicked another ball on as a throw was being taken, and it didn't get kicked off for at least about a minute. Mack had a good chance and skied it over the bar for Slovakia on 54 minutes. It was a cross by Allen with a bail header, which was saved on 56 minutes. Slovakia made a substitution on 59 minutes. Osovsky went off, Duda went on, and Dewis went off, and Nemec was on. And immediately after that, Mack crossed it into the box, and Duda got the equaliser with his first touch. What a super sub. It was making it Wales 1, Slovakia 1. A vice free kick over the bar on 62 minutes, and Slovakia were really looking like they were going to take this game and win. Kuchka had a long shot that was saved by Ward, a max shot was just over, and then Wales made some substitutions. Edwards off and Ledley on, and Williams and uh, Johnny Williams off, and Robson Carney on. There was a Ramsey header at the front post on 72 minutes. Mack was booked for a tackle on Allen on 77 minutes. Wise was booked on 79 minutes. And then Ledley made a great through ball to Ramsey. And then Robson Carney picked it up, kind of scuffed the shot, but it went in the back of the net, 2-1 Wales on 80 minutes. 
Slovakia used their final sub. They took off Weiss and brought on Stotch on 83 minutes. Uh, Bale played a ball through to Ramsey, but he couldn't do anything with it on 83 minutes. Nemec hit the post on a, off a header on 85 minutes. It was a Bale counter-attack, but he kind of screwed it up on 86 minutes. Ramsey came off the pitch, and then Jazz Richards came on on 87 minutes. What a name that is. A wild match shot went way over on 90, in 90 minutes. Skirtle finally got booked after confrontation with Neil Taylor, and it, I think uh, Davis and Skirtle were both going for the ball. Robbie Savage, who was commentating on the game, had the good quip, have another look at your ref watch. So the full-time whistle blew Wales 2, Slovakia 1. Who was the man the match? Well, for me, I have to give it to Ben Davies for clearing that goal for Lynham and having some really good defensive work throughout the game. Honourable mention to Joe Allen, who I thought was really good in midfield and contributed to the game even more than Bale and Ramsey. Uh, Ward in goal, considering he was put into that position with not that much experience for Wales and not really playing that much in club level. Uh, Hack for Slovakia, I thought he looked really good setting up the goal as well. And the Welsh fans for being really vocal and really just nice and, you know, a lot of positive things have been said about the Welsh support, especially considering what's been going on uh, with some of the other teams, particularly England in the tournament. Uh, but I think in overall, well, Wales deserved to win this one, especially considering that Skulls should have got sent off in the first half after that elbow and what should have been a penalty. Some some real dogged defending from the lights of Williams and Davis. Uh, Slovakia seemed to be a team who have the ability to play really well, but they just do so sporadically. I mean, you just feel if they played well all the time, they could beat any team. But credit to both managers for their respective tactical changes, their super subs that ultimately led to the game finishing 2-1. I think Wales have a really great chance of qualifying now and they could even win the group depending on how they do in the last two games but Slovakia might struggle a little bit. To be honest, I actually think Wales will get a point off England. Uh, I don't really see England beating Wales especially because the Welsh would be so up for the game. Uh, England would really have to play well to beat them. So looking good for Wales in their first European tournament. Let's go to England versus Russia now. It was a disappointing World Cup campaign last time out, failing to win a game in Brazil to get out the group stage. But a winning record in qualifying and good players coming through give England some optimism, so will football be coming home 50 years after the glory of 1966? Well, let's see how the game went. There was five Spurs players in the England team, Harry Kane, Delhi Alley, Kyle Walker, Danny Rose and Eric Dyer. And I have to say, I don't mind that because actually I think that the teams will play better if they've got lots of players they know around them. So actually, it's quite a good tactic in international football to pick a lot of players from the same team, in my opinion. Especially a team who has done really well this year, coming third in the league. It's Deli Ali shot on three minutes, uh, a Lalana shot was saved back in five. Another Ali chance and Kane just missed getting on the end of it and putting it into the net. Harry Kane corner and Smalling headed it on target on 11 minutes. 
but it was kind of a bit bewildering why Harry Kane was taking all the corners. This is your centre forward. This is your Alan Shearer-like centre forward. You want him on the end. You want him in the box for a corner. I mean, if it's not for heading, simply getting those rebounds, because that's what strikers do really well. They snatch onto any opportunities. So I think you need someone like Harry Kane in the box for corners. I think you can get Rooney... You can get various other players to take corners, Dyer. You know, you don't need Harry Kane to be taking his corners. It's quite bewildering why that happened. And then Nashevitz header off a free kick on 16 minutes showed some threat. Ali cut back to Lalana and he put it wide on 21 minutes. Sterling was in and through, but a Smolikov tackle stopped him. And I felt like this happened way too many times for Sterling. He did some great runs, but just couldn't do anything with it after that. Some great skill by Ali, and Rooney hit the half volley, but it was straight at the keeper. Rose drive a shot wide and 40 minutes to bring it to half time. At half time, quite interesting, they were playing Will Griggs on fire. <laughs> or free from desire in the stadium, and all the Eng- well, some of the England fans were singing along. In the second half then, Russia came out quite positive. A Cockerin chance was defended by Cahill on 48. Kane free kick right next to the box. So Sterling got a chance, but it was offside and he missed it anyway. And he probably should have done better if he wasn't offside. A Rooney free kick then was wide on 54 minutes. Then Eric Dyer almost scored an own goal, similar to how he scored one against Australia a few weeks ago, uh, heading it back to the keeper, but Hart put it out for a corner. Cahill got booked on 61 minutes. A smaller love shot was just wide for Russia on 62. There's a Rooney shot, which was a fantastic save back in five, almost um, reminiscent of the best saves ever by the likes of Gordon Banks and Peter Schmeichel. I have to say, I, th- I think Akin Five was great today, except for the next bit, which was. Eric Dyer, England were changing around the free kick takers today and uh, Eric Dyer finally got the take one and it went in the top corner. It was 1-0 England. But again, for the second time in the tournament, you could say that a goalkeeper was out of position and that's what caused the goal to happen. He kind of moved a little bit. It was in the corner that the goalkeeper was kind of defending. It wasn't in the opposite side. So you think he should have done better and maybe saved that one. Hodgson made the decision to take Wayne Rooney off and bring on Jack Wilshire, who hasn't played that much this season. Clive Tildesley uh, once referred to him as James Wilshire. <laughs> it was a Lana shot on 78 minutes, and then Sterling came off and Milner came on on 86 minutes. There was a big explosion in the ground on 89 minutes. Apparently it was a flare gun going off in the Russian end. And then a ball came in, Barutsky headed it across, and Glushtikov saw it in to make it 1-1. Russia got the equaliser on 91 minutes. Straight after that, Joe Hart made a bit of a mistake. He was outside the box, lost the ball, but managed to get it back before there was any problems. So it ended England 1, Russia 1. This game was kind of overshadowed by violence in the stadium after the game. There was Russian and England fans, actually. There was some violent scenes with Russian fans, apparently, going over and trying to attack England fans. This has escalated quite a lot, and there was a lot, there's been a lot of problems on the streets of Marseille. There is a sense that the Russian fans have had something to do with it and there's there's a problem with hooliganism in Russia in terms of football and that could be a problem in two years time at the World Cup but that's not to say England English fans are completely uh, innocent here there there is definitely reports of English fans being involved in these and not being 
passive victims of the situation. So a little bit worrying, and actually it's escalated to the point where UEFA has put out a statement that if this continues, if this happens again, they could potentially throw out England and Russia from the tournament, which is good news, I guess, for Slovakia and Wales, but not really the way you want to qualify. Obviously, I hope that the fans are safe and that, you know, this is, it's only football in the, the day, you know, it's, it's a game where people kick a ball around. It shouldn't lead to violence. There's no need for it. There are bigger things in life than football and uh, it would be nice if more people realise that and just calm down a little bit, you know. For me, the man of the match was Akin Fayev, the Russian keeper. Yes, he did make that one mistake for the goal, but otherwise he pretty much kept them in the game. I feel, I mean, in fairness, quite a lot of shots were at him, but when when he was called into action, he re- did really well. Yeah, like I said, I think it was a good performance by England, but marred by a lack of clinical finishing and some negative tactics by the manager. When Hodgson brought off Rooney, I thought it was a really bad decision, uh, especially bringing on Jack Wilshire. It just seemed like a negative uh, move. So I don't see why he was taken off and actually looked like for the first time in a while Rooney had found, you know, a good place to play in the England team. And that was the one thing that was really positive actually is that the system seemed to be working this time as opposed to in the friendlies when they put like Vardy and Rooney on the wings. Actually putting Lallana and Sterling did a better job, even if Sterling didn't play particularly well. Yeah, but like I say, with the amount of chances England had, to only put a one one away is disappointing. They could have wrapped the match up. They could have kept going for it, but it didn't happen. And once again, first match of the Euros have failed to win a match they should have won. I think one of the problems defensively is the height disadvantage. I think they definitely got hit by that. Uh, you can tell that with the fullbacks, uh, Rose and Walker, they're great at attacking, but when it comes to aerial defending, it doesn't really work for them. And you know, I guess Sterling and Cahill can only do so much to stop that threat so I'm a bit concerned about that going forward and I think teams who play like that in the air are really going to trouble England I guess now with this result the Wales game becomes even more important for England to almost a must win against the Welsh side who really look a lot better than the Russians were tonight let's see where that leaves group B uh, Wales are on top with three points England second with one Russia third with one and Slovakia bottom with zero
Now on to the host France. Uh, they kicked off the tournament against Romania. With everything that's happened in France the last 12 months, the French will be hoping the national team can raise their spirits. As tournament favourites, pressure is on for France to deliver. So did they do it in the first match of the tournament? Now, before we talk about the match, let's talk about the opening ceremony. This is quite a uh, scene, I guess. So, first off, there were people who were dressed up as lips for no apparent reason. That was a bit weird. I really liked the opening music. It was nice and epic, uh, f- you know, when all the matches start. And there's also this lettering on the pitch where they do for all matches. But in the uh, England game, they actually got the E the wrong way round on Marseille. So it didn't quite work. So there was a bit in the opening ceremony where David Gesser was DJing and there's this point where they bring up an Eiffel Tower. Some people says it looks like a penis. Because <laughs> it goes up. Oh, God. It's, it's bad, isn't it? But it does seem like uh, that was a thing. And, you know, you can almost tell that this was all pre-recorded and stuff, and Zara Larson definitely wasn't singing, or if she was, she definitely couldn't hear her, because that was the actual track just playing. Uh, but, you know, ever entertaining. Very, very European, that opening. The crazy European, the kind of Eurovision crazy that we sort of love. Talking about the game, Romania seemed to have a fullback called Rat, or Rats, I think they call them. So maybe they maybe they need to call an exterminator. Griezmann hits the post on 15 minutes, and Glenn Hoddle suggests after 15 minutes that France are starting to play some football now, as opposed to quarter of an hour ago when the match died. N'Golo Kante was one of the star players on show, the Leicester midfielder with all these interceptions and passes. Griezmann shot wide on 35 minutes, and Rats got booked. Oh, Rats! After a kick to the chest on 44 minutes. In the second half, is a shot just wide from Romania on 47. Giroud shot straight at the keeper on 51. A Paul Pogba shot was saved on 56 minutes, which is probably the best chance of the game up to then. Then Olivier Giroud got a header. The goalkeeper came out and completely missed it. And it went in the back of the net. 1-0 France on 57 minutes. Giroud pretty much did nothing in the game before scoring the goal and it just felt like well, this is a bit weird like if anybody was going to score it looked like it was going to be Griezmann and then Giroud comes out of nowhere and gets the goal and Doné has an attempt for Romania but it doesn't go in and he gets subbed off straight after uh, Alibek comes on on 63 minutes uh, Evra left his foot out and Romania were awarded a penalty it was really it was a bit sloppy from Evra I mean it might have been a light penalty to give but he shouldn't have been keeping his foot out like that Stanchu uh, stepped up and scored the penalty to make it 1-1 on 64 minutes. Uh, Griezmann came off for France and Common came on. He's the youngest French player to play in a tournament. In France, the French fans were pretty quiet here. I dare to say it, but I think France, the French fans were a bit like the Man United fans at the FA Cup final. When Man U weren't winning, they sort of went to sleep a bit. There's another Romanian sub, Stanchu for Chipshu on 71 minutes. And this was the point I was thinking, are they all named after Pokemon or something? They just have Pokemon sounding names of Romanians. It's quite funny, on 86 minutes, there was just a cut to the crowd and this French kid was sighing. And you just sort of felt that is how this game feels at this point for France. And then Payet, absolute class, had a nice run in through... Curled it in with his left foot, 88 minutes. Bit of class to make it 2-1 France. 
he came off in in stoppage time for Sissoko, and Sissoko had a bit of a counter attack just before the whistle, which went wide. France win it two one. So man of the match has to be Payet. No questions here. The West Ham midfielder was better than Pogba and better um, and arguably better than Kante, although Kante had a good match. Uh, it wasn't the best performance by France. They got lucky they actually won. Romania got really unlucky, actually. They had a really good game plan to shut out the French, and it was working. And they defended the first half out, and they tried to take the game to France a bit in the second half because they felt like they could do that and were pretty unlucky to lose. And a point would have given them a real good chance of qualifying, especially with those matches up against Albania and Switzerland. Now, France aren't really looking like a tournament-winning side, but sometimes, you know, to win a tournament, it's about just winning, not how you win. Uh, and actually winning when you're playing badly is one way how tournaments and leagues are won. So if France gain confidence from this win, they should only get better during the tournament. Uh, their weakness has to be at the back, and one wonders whether better attacking teams will really punish that. Now on to the other Group A match, Albania versus Switzerland. It was Albania's first tournament and their fans came out in their droves, while Switzerland would hope to improve on their previous Euro form. Which way would this one go? The story of the match really was about the two Xhaka brothers. One was playing for Switzerland and one for Albania, so a bit of a sibling rivalry in this match. So within five minutes, Switzerland took the lead at a Shah goal from a header off a corner on five minutes another um, point where the keeper came out and didn't get the ball it was Albania shot on 25 minutes which was their first real chance of the game it was a really good chance for Albania after that after a through ball but it didn't go in on 35 minutes Albania were down to 10 men when Kana got sent off and this really it was a really massive setback for Albania Switzerland had a free kick that hit the post from Giazmali another Giazmali shot which was just wide on 40 minutes at halftime, I learned that Albania are big Norman Wisdom fans, apparently, because Norman Wisdom was in the, one of the only films that they could show in Albania, apparently. So uh, he's, he's massive in Albania. When they had an England-Albania game in 2002, uh, Norman Wisdom was more popular than David Beckham. In the second half, Albania almost got on the end of a bad back pass 49 minutes. Uh, there was a Seferic chance for Switzerland, which was saved on 54 Shizmani had some amazing skills, then fell over on his ass, which was quite funny to watch. Toulon Jaka went off for Albania and Cassie came on, and he immediately got booked. Like He was on, he was on the pitch for about two minutes and he got booked. Uh, Lenjani went down injured, but Seferic made the counter for Switzerland uh, on 66 minutes, but didn't materialise into anything. There was a really funny bit of, on the BBC when uh, they had a accidental transition and you could see Dan Walker in the studio just in the dark whilst the match was going on. Albania had a penalty shout on 78 minutes as Lichsteiner was holding Lenjani but it wasn't given. Mengashi came off from Albania had a really good chance to score but great keeping kept it at 1-0. Then there was a foul by Kelly with an elbow which Kevin Kilban suggested it looked like a move you'd see in wwe it's not like he got up and power bombed him or something that would have been funny to see uh but it didn't happen and this was actually a bit of a recurring theme because later on in the day uh we had the slovakia wales match and uh, rio ferdinand on twitter 
described the skirtle elbow as something in WWE. But anyway, full-time ended Albania nil, Switzerland won. I think the man of the match was Jez Marley for me, uh, one of the more positive Swiss players. I think Albania impressed in this one. If it wasn't for the sending off, I think they would have got a draw. They even had plenty of chances to do that with 10 men. But in the end, Switzerland did just enough to win, but will need to improve in the next few matches if they are to qualify. So let's see where that leaves Group A. France are on top with three points. Switzerland second, also with three points. Romania third with no points. And Albania last with no points. That's it for this edition of 50 Years of Hurt. Remember, you can find us on Twitter at 50YOHpod, on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash 50 Years of Hurt. And remember, you can leave a rating or review on iTunes. And thank you to everybody who's uh, listened or downloaded to the show already. We've had some great support, so thank you. In the next episode, we'll be seeing how the Irish teams got on in their first game as Northern Ireland take on Poland and Republic of Ireland face Sweden. But until then, au revoir!